0: I guess that started. Um,
1: yes, yeah, go ahead.
0: All right. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Craig F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, today is uh, Friday, December eighteenth, two 2020. Uh, today, we're reading from the big book. We're going to be on page 23. Um the third paragraph that begins, "How true this is," and we're going to read one paragraph only. Today's readers are uh, Tenzin P and Patty F for the steps and the traditions, uh, Margaret D for the text, and Marja O for the vision. For you, um, the newcomer greeter Susan H, and the second hour host is Matt F. Um, The reference numbers for uh, yesterday for the um, uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 16,010, 16010, and for the 10 a.m. meeting is 16,011, 16011. The OA preamble OA, OAs Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps. Tenzin?
2: Good morning, everyone. (coughs) Uh, Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, next, we'll have um, uh, next we're going to have Patty F. Read the Twelve Traditions. Thank you, Patty.
3: Hi, this is Patty F. I'm a compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overeaters anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, is Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication and 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions. Every mind has to place principles before personalities.
4: All right, thank you very much. Um, How our meeting works.
0: Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. We also ask that if you shared in the last couple days, that you uh, hold back and let have other people have an opportunity to share. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our attendance requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study Of the big book on page 23 the third paragraph that begins how true this is and we're going to do one paragraph only Um, I'm going to ask uh, uh, let's see uh, Margaret D to uh, get us started Margaret
5: thanks Craig may I be heard yes Oh, great. Um, Good morning, everybody. My name is Margaret Dee, and I'm a very grateful uh, recovered compulsive eater in Georgia. How true this is, few realize. In a vague way, their families and friends sense that these drinkers are abnormal, but everybody hopefully waits the day when the sufferer will rouse himself from his lethargy and assert his power of will boy, if this isn't the dream of every, well, for me as a compulsive eater, um, that the day when I can assert my will and it's really going to, you know, have an effect against the disease, that really was my dilemma for so many years. And um, I guess as I'm reading this paragraph, it's easy to look at it in a couple different ways. One is from the, as being a compulsive eater myself that is never gonna assert my power of will and have it make the first bit of difference unless it's to fully concede to my, to my innermost self that I am a compulsive eater. And then the second way that I can look at this paragraph is being uh, a member of a family where other people in the family, you know, share this um, compulsion to constantly eat um, or to be a friend of somebody that is a that is a compulsive eater. And I've got to admit that I've been in both spots being the compulsive eater and also um, either the friend or, you know, having a sibling that, um, that well, I don't want to say that they either are or are not, but that exhibit all the symptoms. And being um, in a in a family, I absolutely do this on occasion. Um, that I just I just wait for the moment when the compulsive eater. Will rouse himself from his indifference or lack of interest or seeming lack of interest or concern or that abnormal state of drowsiness about what's going on as you watch somebody, um, you know, put on more and more weight and their problems, not necessarily the weight, but their health problems increase and, and their unmanageability increases. And, um, For me, I've got to shake loose of that state of mind and go right back into, um, you know, the doctor's opinion about what is compulsive eating and how hopeless it is for somebody without their higher power. Um, This is kind of rambling, and and I apologize that. Um, I guess all I'm trying to say is that it's hard to to experience the sadness and the sense of futility, Um, you know, about watching somebody else, uh, well, watching a still-suffering compulsive eater go through this and knowing that there's not a thing that you can do except practice or what I can do is practice my, um, program and work as best as I can. Um, time, time, um, I hope that's helpful to somebody about, you know, working the step 12. Um, and with that, I can ask.
0: Thanks, Margaret. Okay. Um, now we're going to um, take a list of names. Um, please uh, be kind to me here and go uh, go slow and say your name plainly and once. And we again we ask you if you've shared in the last two days. That's a Wednesday or Thursday that you uh, hold back and listen and give other people a chance. So, who would like to share on this paragraph?
1: This Linda Diggs.
6: Linda
7: Leslie W. Larry
8: K, K. Vinny T, Laura L,
0: Claire Claire H, Jen A. All right, I think I've got a pretty good list there. Let me uh, read who I have. I have Linda D, Leslie W, Larry K, uh, Vinny, Laura, Clara, and Jen A. Um, So let's uh, go
4: ahead and get started. Linda D, you're up. Linda? In star one. Can you hear me? I can now.
9: Oh, sorry. Um, at first, I saw Salinity from Connecticut. I'm recovered. Um, and I'll try to tie this in and make sense out of it. Um, what I'm trying to say is that lately, since it's a uh, holiday time, I've been thinking about my family and this um, paragraph makes me think of my mom and dad and and what it must have been like because, you know, I wasn't them and I was me and I know my history and I certainly have lived it and I'm recovered for quite a while now. I had an anniversary last week of seven years and I was and am, was and am totally thrilled. It's a miracle a miracle, big one. Um, So uh, you don't think of your parents, but it's a nostalgic holiday time. And all of a sudden I started to cry because I thought of my mother and my father and how hard they tried to help me and to understand what the hell was going on with their kid. And their kid wasn't a kid anymore and the kid couldn't leave the house after a while and the kid couldn't function and my mom and dad had prayed for a baby for 15 years i know i'm not here by accident and i'm here by divine appointment and i'm so thrilled to to care to be recovered and care about my parents because, of course, when I started, it was their fault and all that crap that you learn in this culture. And um, they did the best they could. They're compulsive, too, in their own way. So there's that. And then the, what was the other part? Um, Oh, I have to remember every day that I wake up, that I woke up by uh, God's grace and um, that I'm still, recovering recovered is wonderful but it's ongoing and it takes effort and it takes change and change is painful unless i walk through it with um you all of you and and of course most of all with my higher power and uh it's a loving higher power i'm so grateful thanks i pass
4: Alright, thanks Linda. Next we have Leslie W. Leslie.
7: Hey, Craig. This is Leslie W, recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Oh, I wanna thank you for your service and it's good to be here this morning. Um and hear this paragraph <clears throat> because I I just I can't I can't tell you how many times that that I heard uh, things like, um, you know, get it together, Leslie. Um, My husband would say that to me often. Um, I'm tired of driving you through life, Leslie. Get it together. Or from my parents saying things like, why can't you just snap out of this? Or in my own head, I would say things to myself like, why can't you control this? Why can't you beat this? You have a college degree and yet you can't stop eating peanut butter what's what's your problem why can't you get through the night without eating um I was just living in a constant state of shame and disappointment from others and of myself but for a but for a real compulsive overeater, a real addict, um, not just a heavy eater, there is no such thing as getting it together. At least there's not in my experience, there's no such thing as getting it together. You know, I, I couldn't pull myself out of this thing. Um, and my, one of my greatest mistakes was comparing myself to normal eaters. Of course a normal eater or even a heavy eater or a moderate eater can stop if they have good reason to, they can moderate. But I I just, I, I don't have the ability to do that. And as long as I believed that I did, my misery continued. The only way I can assert my willpower today is by making the decision to give my life and surrender over to God and allow him to change me. You know, this disease is, is, is interwoven within me. I can't, I can't just take the parts of myself that I don't like and rip them out. Um, you know, only God, only God can change me. Only God can change people and only he can change me. And he used this particular meeting um, and this particular program and this way of life as a tool to do just that. You know, um I need this structure. I need to continue to do these actions that I do every day, um taking action every day to to keep what I have. Um which I don't take for granted. I really don't. And I'm 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 thankful today. Grateful for all of you and grateful to be here. Thanks.
4: Thanks, Leslie. Okay, next we have uh, Larry Kay. Larry?
10: Hey, Craig. Uh, thanks for your service. You know, if we, we, we uh, there's so many myths that we are told about asserting our willpower. Well, a lot of it is what, what we're telling ourselves. You know, if you were just motivated enough, you could put your heroin foods down and stay stopped. What if, what if we can incentivize putting the food down? How, how about a huge chunk of change in your wallet? Would that do it? How about a promise of a loving partner, a guarantee that your, your physical packaging will, will become magically attractive, that you, you walk in the room and there's oohs and ahs. If you stay on the diet this time, you'll be reunited with the family member you're estranged from. Stay stopped from picking up the needle, and I swear the perfect job awaits you. With the the huge paycheck and the, the, the magnificent boss, just apply some permanent willpower and those who are blind will magically see and those who are disabled will become able bodied. Stay stopped and you'll never get cancer and limbs won't have to be amputated. Put the food down and your panic attacks will miraculously disappear. You'll be immune from your bulimic behaviors. You know, I'm here to testify, to bear witness to two things that I've learned, still learning. Number one, anyone anyone at all can recover from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body by accessing God's power. We need God's power. We get that access by working the steps. And number two, when you do recover, you will not be insulated from the storms of life. See the, the storm is either visiting you right now or it's on its way. But so, too, is the ability to rise above the storm. That is available, too. It's called transcendence. And that happens, but the storms will visit. That storm will come. None of those things. Those are all myths, and we need uh, access to God's power. With that, I pass. Thanks.
4: Okay, next up we have Vinny. Uh, Vinny? I'm not sure which Vinny it was.
11: Good morning, this is Minnie T. Recovered in North Carolina. Um, yeah, you. this this paragraph means so much to me. Um, when I was, you know, before I recovered, um, <laughs> I I saw and heard everything, you know, through my disease, and I, you know, anything that was expressed to me in in the way of hope or concern felt like criticism and i couldn't i couldn't bear it and through this program and my and my higher power um i i've learned compassion compassion for myself and now i realize the how hurt my family and friends must have been to see me destroy myself um, it, it's 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 <laughs> it, it, it's hard to even express you know the the realization of how we affect those we love or who love us, and I am you know so very very grateful now to be able to look out at the world and feel compassion for you know as as Margaret says the still. Suffering compulsive overeater. It's a lonely place. It, it's just so, so, so lonely. And um, I, again, I'm, I'm just so grateful to have stepped out of that and into this real world, where yes, it, you know, things do happen, and and we have to deal with them, and we have to, and we have to feel things. But it's better to feel than not to. I pass. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Vinny. Next up, we have Laura. Uh, I didn't get a last initial for Laura.
6: Hi, uh, Laura
12: L. Compulsive, eater, recovered in Pennsylvania. Thank you, Thank you everyone, for your service. Um, you know, for me, this paragraph, again, going back to the family, um, you know, I've said this before in the line, but I will take the vehicle of my life, and I will go full speed ahead at a brick wall, and I'll take everyone that else that's in front of that wall out with me you know anybody that gets comes in between me and the food and I'll do that same thing I'll pop that sucker in reverse and I'll take that same running start at that brick wall and I'll do it again and again and I've done that to my family you know when I came into you know with the food and I've drugged them through this drama with me um and when I came into OA I just feel like nobody understood the parts you know that are missing in me that 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 nobody could ever know that, that I've not ever been able to love anyone or myself or to consistently be responsible for anything in my life. And that there was just no one left to get sober for at the end. You know, there was no one left. You know, and I remember when my husband, when we found out I was pregnant with my daughter, on that terrible day, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter. You know, I was binging And purging in the bathroom, he just couldn't understand why I couldn't stop. He didn't, he just couldn't, he was so sickened by me, why I didn't have the willpower to stop, you know, why he didn't understand, you know, why am I trying to find the Girl Scout cookies that I hid from myself, you know, the day before, you know, and I couldn't understand why I just could not, you know, why my head could not get enough but my body just couldn't take anymore. And I just didn't get it. Um, you know, and I just didn't have relationships in my life. There, were, there was replacements always. And I thought, I got to get rid of him, man. He's the problem. You know, he's, he's awful to me for treating me like this. You know, and I was the queen of always saying, I'm in relapse. You know, and someone once explained to me, relapse is when you've taken the full treatment for the disease, whether it be cancer, you've completed your chemo treatments, you are done, you go into remission, and then bam, it comes back a few years later. And that is what the 12 steps are. You've taken all of the 12 steps That is the treatment for this disease and then boom you go back to you then you're in relapse but I I was never in relapse because I never took the treatment for this disease Um, and so you know coming into this program I needed something you know to get me through that and I was told you have no anesthetic if you are not working the program no steps no program you have no way out there's just nothing you know and I thought every time that I picked up that first bite that I just changed my mind you know I ate a little bit I just changed my mind I had no idea about the mental obsession and how it was getting me Um, and for the first time the steps made me feel like I was good enough that I could stand, I could tolerate myself. I could feel uh, feeling this way without running to food as fast as I could to kind of try and stuff something to make me feel okay. And that was a miracle, you know, that the steps did that for me, you know. And I was told if you're at a meeting thinking about eating like tonight this morning, it sure as hell beats you know sitting being at the grocery stores in the drive-through line thinking about getting abstinent. So you know, for me, again, they say our disease is out in the parking lot doing push-ups. Well, I think it turnaround is fair play. I think the same thing about recovery. Um, and the last thing I'll say is my brother always asks the same question every holiday. Why do you still go to OA? Oh my God, I can't believe you're still in OA. And the, the, the thing that I always say to and, and what I know is that he'll never know. He doesn't know what happens here. None of my brothers will know. They could not possibly know. They could not know that the fire gets started here. He doesn't know that people's jaws are pried open and that life gets fit into them and he doesn't know it and they could never know it and i don't care if they know it but i know it happens here and so if you're new here i'm telling you it will happen for you and that's all i have thanks
4: okay thanks laura next we have clara and clara is going to be followed by jen and then we'll take some new names clara I hope I got that right. Was there a Clara? I think it was Claire A. Oh, Claire A. Okay. Well, I'll take Claire A. Is there a Claire A? All right, well, how about we just go ahead and go to
0: Jen, then. Jen A., are you ready? Colorado?
8: Hi, Craig. Good morning. It's, good morning. It's Jen. Can, <laughs> there you are. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, buddy. Thanks for taking the huh? meeting. Uh, good to hear your voice. Good morning. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovery compulsive overeater here from Colorado. And um, abnormal. Wow, what a word that sticks out to a girl like me, right? Um I didn't know I was abnormal, right, because I lived in a household with a sister who was 18 months younger than myself, and, um, you know, she stayed skinny, and she did this, and she did that, and I don't know. I just, like, I tried. I tried really hard um, to be like her, but I couldn't, so, yeah, I guess I was abnormal a little bit, right, Um, but it wasn't just about life, the things. It was about the freaky things that I did with food. And then the freaky things later in life that I did to stay skinny, right? Um, And basically, when it comes to food, I'm crazy. I'm insane. Um, I'm like a mad scientist, you know, with the hair that stands out all. I was like, ah, give me my food. Give me my gym. Give me my this. Give me my that. give Give me my pills, potions, and whatever it takes to help me with this. You know, all I wanted to be was normal my whole life. Just wanted to be normal. All the pinup magazines that I had on the back of my wall of all the Girls in Glamour magazine. that's what I wanted to be. Like, isn't that normal? Isn't that pretty? Isn't that acceptable out there? That's what I wanted to be. Um, And I don't even know what normal is. In fact, we have a joke in our household right now. The only thing that's normal is the setting on the washing machine um, during this time, during COVID. Um, but guess what? Um, when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, I heard that you guys were just as crazy, just as insane and just as freaky with food that I was. And can you be normal? Well, the man who sat across from me and read the nine step promises, he looked pretty normal to me. And he didn't share a mess. What he shared was a message of hope. He shared a message of depth and weight. Um, and, and you know what, I, I, I thought maybe I can have this too. And by working these steps, after I put down the food, guess what happened to me? Yep. I couldn't make it stop, but something came in that was bigger than myself and removed the obsession. Do you hear how crazy that is? Like, are you telling me that that there's something bigger than me out there that's going to stop me from eating? Because I've spent 40 years eating myself to death. And something bigger than me that I cannot see is going to remove the obsession. I think that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. But you know what? My mind was as crazy as it could be. I obsessed and I obsessed and I obsessed about how I, Jennifer Marie, was going to figure it out. But when I finally stopped knocking on the door, right, of my disease, and I just cracked open the door, behind it came light. God. That's where I found God. And we don't want to talk about God and we don't want to hear about God. And trust me, I had run as far away from God as possible before I walked into this program. But today, I know that I didn't make it stop. There was a power greater than myself. I call that person God today. I didn't do it. Yeah, I took the action. But guess what? God gave me the neutrality today. And He continues to give me the neutrality when I work my ass off in this program. Right. Keeping my house clean, doing my 10 steps, working with others, getting up at four in the morning, praying and meditating with him, welcoming him into my life with everything that I do, trust and relying in God 100 percent. I'm so grateful that I am an abnormal person, that I'm a compulsive overeater, that I'm anorexic, bulimic, and this is just how God's made me. And today, he's removed the obsession, and I can live a quote-unquote normal life. And I sat in my mom's living room the other day. She's a PhD. My dad's an engineer. And my mom says, this OA thing, can you help anybody? I said, anybody who's willing and ready. And my mom didn't understand, and I explained to her, Mom, I can't start. I can't stop from starting, and I can't stop, stop once I've started. She goes, what do you mean? Give me an example, and I did, and I'll wrap up by saying this. I had 15 minutes in the living room with my mom who's a Ph.D. who doesn't believe any of this, and, I, and, and she sees the difference in me today. So if an abnormal girl can get normal with God, I'd say take the hand of somebody who's done it, right? Like, I, I can't, you can't go wrong with that i'll pass
0: thank you jennifer marie next uh, let's go back and see if clara or claire claire a is uh, available um claire
13: i'm claire h i'm claire h oh and i think that's me me. and i'm um, I'm, uh, from florida and i'm a compulsive overeater um in a storm right now in a incredible storm um but this paragraph and all these people that are sharing are such a miracle to me today. Someone called from program last night and said there's this morning meeting. It's a telephone meeting and I said, Okay, and that, this is this is my miracle for today because I've never gone to a um a early morning meeting and uh I flounder I'm going in the storm. I'm floundering going to my 10 o'clock meetings in the daytime and my four and five, but because it breaks up my day. This is such a miracle. I'm so grateful. But the family issue, um, I'm so grateful for all of you. Everything I'm hearing, I am full of faith and my family um, is now aware of of 12 step programs due to my nephew who was 40 years my junior but why why couldn't they see me uh it's past tense now i don't care because god is my guide and my members in oa are my family I am going to be alone with a dog and a cat and no Christmas decorations on my most favorite holiday of the year because um, of the storm. So as I sit alone, I I want to eat like I did as a child. Just, I missed my childhood eating. I didn't, I, I lost, a parent at age nine and took to the basement because the other parent didn't care for me much. Um, and I took to the basement in the freezer. Um, and I ate and I ate and I ate and I carried my weight well because I was tall, but I was a sick child and I didn't find recovery until the eighties. when I realized, uh, I'm bulimic at times, um, but I, uh, the storm, you guys. Are, all I can say now is, you are my miracle today. The program is my miracle today. God is my higher power, and I'm hearing all of you, and I'm hearing all of you still in recovery after seven years. Congratulations on that, one day at a time. And um, I'm even stronger in program, even though I'm, I'm, I'm re- even though I'm struggling because my nephew is a sick boy but he's in recovery in another program it's the same 12 steps give your will to god let god control your life i'm letting god control my life today by being here um craig thanks for your service everyone thanks for sharing in your service and i'll pass with that thank you
0: okay thank you claire um All right, now we're ready to take another list of names. Uh, Who else would like to share on this paragraph on page 23, the third paragraph?
14: Susan H. Susan. Carmela G. Carmela. Lori B.
0: I didn't get either of those names. And Lori think I got a Diane and a what B? Lori Lori. Mm Mhm. All right.
3: And Ann B.
0: Ann B. Was there a Diane in there or not? Was it just Ann?
15: Maybe just Ann. Yes, there is a Diane. Okay.
0: Okay. Somebody was whispering there, but who's that?
4: Some very quiet voice. wants to share? No? All right, I have
0: Susan, Carmela, Diane, Laura, and Ann. Is there anybody else? All right, well, let's get going. Uh, Susan H., you're up.
16: Good morning. This is Susan H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Um, what jumped out at me was rouse myself and rouse himself and assert his power.
4: Susan, I think we lost you.
16: Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, I'm Susan H in Ohio recovered compulsive overeater what jumped out at me was rouse himself and assert his power of will and i see myself in that my family waited my husband and my children really did wait for that day i would stop doing the crazy things that that uh, i did that kept me in isolation kept me apart from apart from my family i'm very grateful this almost got me teary and I'm not generally teary but yeah very grateful that the day has arrived but my power of will willpower wasn't the source lack of power was my dilemma by surrendering the food and learning being guided and working the steps surrendering my will to a higher power of my understanding I'm feeling so much more connection with higher power at first. He continues to guide me to be there with my family, my fellows. And I'm very grateful for this journey. I'm human. I continue to be human and to need the power and guidance that I find at a higher power. The journey doesn't end until I do. And I'm very grateful that I had a chance to share what this paragraph means to me. I have.
4: Okay, thanks, Susan. Next we have Carmela G. Carmela, good morning.
14: Thank you, Craig. Thanks for your continued service. Thank you all for being on the line. My name is Carmela G, a grateful compulsive eater, recovered for today. And um This paragraph reminded me of my journey, my journey of six decades of searching outside Carmela, everything on the outside, what was going to fix me, Um, a new location, a great job, a special man in my life. All those things were going to fix Carmela. Um, Sure, I thought I believed in God. I, I did my prayers. And I would say, "I don't know why you don't just make me thin as I ate and ate and ate my way around life." But it was only when I found this program, and I stopped looking outside and to others to fix me, And I went within, because you see, within, I did never wanted to go within. It was too painful when I went into my heart and really admitted how I was storming through my family and friends and manipulating them and driving them to do what I wanted that only facing that innermost self is what brought me to my knees. To truly open up and allow God to work the miracle in my life that he eventually did and today I am grateful soon to have eight years of recovery one day at a time as I shared with someone yesterday there is no hierarchy we're all equal have one day and it's a gift and we must treasure it. And with that, I pass, and I wish you a beautiful day.
4: Okay, thanks, Carmela.
0: Next we have Diane. Uh, I didn't get a last initial. Diane?
15: Hi, this is Diane C. from the Baltimore area, gratefully recovered this morning. Thank you for your service today, Craig. Um, <clears throat> so the, the reference to families and friends who sense that these drinkers are abnormal and they're just waiting for them for the person to, uh, to rouse himself and assert his willpower. That was me. I was an overweight child and teenager and it just seemed like I was fair game for comments from family members. Um, everything from you have such a pretty face to you have such a nice personality. Um, all of those things that were, you know, uh, I can think <laughs> were meant in love, but didn't feel loving. Felt very critical, as someone said earlier. Um, as I got older, I could, I did achieve some control over my weight um, at times, and so was in a little, bit of a more normal range from the outside. But on the inside, the insanity was getting worse, and um, with each trip up the scale, it was harder and harder to get a grip, to assert my willpower, to get it together, all of those things that I thought I needed to do. And I couldn't figure out why I had faith. I had a close relationship with God and so, and, and was practicing that faith. Yet my insanity and my disease, what I now know as my disease, was getting worse. And, um, I am just, um, so grateful to be, to have just the the blinders, the scales lifted from my eyes, and now I can see the true cause, the true solution, and now I have loved ones who I can look at and I suspect that they may be abnormal in compulsive overeating, in, in other behaviors, but thankfully, gratefully, through my recovery, I know that that is not my business, that throwing this, you know, hitting them over the head with the big book and telling them what worked for me and what they should, should, should do is not the answer. That I can live in recovery, I can share my experience, strength, and hope if they are interested, and I can pray for them, and which essentially is staying on my side of the street or inside my hula hoop. And that is amazing that I am not, I don't become, um one one of those people, and I am so grateful through this program that I um, I'm grateful for my compulsive overeating because I do have this program that offers me so much more than um, a, a way of healthy eating. It, there's I almost uh, feel that it the food yeah the food is good but I am transforming. Inside, the way I respond to people, the way I think, the way I go to my higher power, there is a, a deepening of a relationship with him in a way that I never could have expected because I didn't know existed. There is an access through this program. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
4: Okay. Thank you, Diane. Next we have, I think, Laurie. Uh, Laurie? Laurie?
2: Yes,
6: this is Lori D. in California. Okay. Thank you for your service. I um, love all the talk about nostalgia, family. It made me think, well, I'm I'm recovering here in California. I've got about five months now. And uh, one of the last conversations I had with my father about 18 years ago, he died a couple of weeks later, was he was saying I had reached a goal weight through with, uh, I was in OA at the time, but a lot of the focus was on the food plan. And then it was on the maintenance plan. Once you got to your
2: goal weight,
6: quote unquote, anyway, I was telling my dad that I was really depending on the maintenance plan of this OA group in order to stay at a healthy weight. And he said to me, and and my father, I perceived him as an alcoholic. Um, without, you know, making accusations. Um, And he said, you know, if you know that overeating is bad for you, then can't you just push yourself away from the table? And I basically just said, have you ever told yourself you wouldn't do something because it was bad for you and you did it anyway? And I felt like he might relate to that. And he said, yes, yes. And I said, well, well, what do you call that when you do that? And he said, I like to say the devil made me do it. And I, I said, in recovery, we call that insanity. But if the devil does make us do it, the answer is still the same. God helps us do the good stuff. And my dad, not being a very, very religious person, or even outwardly spiritual, was very quiet for one of the first times in a conversation. And, you know, I was glad to have that conversation with him. And I felt like we connected probably deeper spiritually than ever before, but Right now, you know, another thing that does come to mind is I always try to help people, even when I never had the tools to really do that. And now I'm learning through the four step that I just am embarking on that I need to just keep recovering, keep doing the action. And whether my family is suffering or not, you know, they have to get ready. They have to do their journey and I need to respect it. So with that, I pass, thank you.
4: Okay, thanks, Laura. Uh, next we have Anne. Anne?
3: Hi everybody, good morning, this is Anne, uh, babe from New York. I'm just really grateful for everybody to be on the line today. I just appreciate everyone's recovery and all the shares. I am a teacher, so I'm about to step onto my Zoom classroom right now. But I just want to say how grateful and thankful I am for this program and for um, uh, for God doing uh, for me that which I could not do for myself. Have a great holiday, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Okay. Thank you, Annette. Uh... We have about five minutes so we can take a couple of short shares or uh,
17: Nessa R.
0: Nessa. Anybody yes. else?
2: Vanita L
0: Kanita?
17: Vanita.
0: Oh Vanita. Okay, Vanita. Um go ahead, Nessa.
17: Thank you. Hi. Uh, good morning, Vision. For you, this is Nesear. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I never wanted to be a normal eater, ever. I, what I wanted was to, be, to eat everything I wanted and, st- and be thin. That's what I wanted. Um, I didn't want to just take two bites of this and one bite of that and push it away because it was too rich. I wanted to eat it all but not have the consequences. And when I was 16, I figured out the solution. I thought I totally beat the game. And I discovered bulimia. And I say discovered because I never read about it. Nobody told me about it. Uh, It all came from my sick mind. And when I coupled it with restricting, um, the result was magic. Um, I lost about 40 pounds in one week. And I continued to... Restrict and purge until I couldn't restrict anymore. So I started to binge and purge, which you know worked reasonably well, you know, for a few years. But the purging became a lot more difficult. Um, it became a lot more difficult to 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 just um, get the gag reflex, and uh, but the binging stayed. And I went from my lowest weight, around 105, during the bulimia and restriction. Stage to almost 200 pounds, and I say almost 200 because it could have gone over over 200. I just stopped weighing my weighing myself at that point. Um, but today, I'm in a normal body, around 120 ish pounds. Um, I've been so for nine years, and um, more importantly, the food doesn't call to me. Uh, I'm in a neutral place. I can have all the foods that used to trigger me and tempt me before, before me. And, you know, they don't really call to me at all. Um, and so what happened was uh, nine years ago, a few in a few days, on the first day of, of Hanukkah, which is the Jewish festival of, of lights and miracles, but also a time when we eat a lot of deep fried foods, um, I became abstinent nine years ago, the first day of Hanukkah. Um, and the rest is history because I worked the steps, I recovered, and I'm here today grateful, happy, joyous, and free. And what I would like to say is for those people who are waiting for next Monday or for the holidays to pass or for New Year's to arrive, it's not necessary to wait. I didn't wait. I wanted it bad enough. I have had enough of my miserable life. Um, And on the first day of Hanukkah, I became abstinent and and started my my journey, um, you know, guided by someone in whom the problem had been solved, and the results are are amazing. So, you know, don't wait. Don't wait. Um, And with that, I passed. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you, Nessa. Next, we have Vanita L. Vanita?
18: Hi, everybody, Vanita Elk, Recovered Compulsive Overeater by God's Grace and Mercy um, in Woodstock, Georgia. Yes, I am so grateful to um, be freed from my abnormal behavior, which I didn't even admit really was abnormal behavior until I was 50. I remember doing a talk once for OA and I asked my daughter something about it. And she said, Mom, do you remember when I was little? She would have been like five. And I opened the closet door and you were sitting inside the closet eating cookies. And I was like, No way. Right. And I remember I, even when, And she's like 45 years old. I remember when they were little, I didn't want them to eat sugar. I knew back then sugar wasn't good for you, right? But I was in a closet because I needed the sugar, flour, fat, crunchy mixture. And um, that's probably like one of the weirdest stories about my um, abnormal behavior. And I know my family, you know, made comments and stuff over the years about how strange my behavior was. But I'm so grateful that I realized that willpower doesn't work and that self will doesn't work. And that surrender to grace and to infinite intelligence and to infinite love is a much um wiser path. Yes, and I wish that everyone has an abstinent um holiday. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for calling it short. We're out of time, so um, uh, thanks for everyone who shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, which is again December eighteenth, uh, is sixteen thousand and eighteen one six, oh one. Eight. Um, the uh, we're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page one sixty four, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Um, will uh, Marge O please read a uh, vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Through keep you until then, Marge.
1: Yes, thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little.